Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Movies That Matter. I'm your host, Chris Flaherty. Thank you for joining us. Uh, happy holidays. Once again, we are right in that sweet spot between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, hope you also had a nice fall, too. <laughs> we haven't done an episode since September. But uh, Liz is back, which is Woo! great. She's making sure I still do episodes yeah, for the exactly. podcast. Yeah. Came home and was like, hey, I gotta get gotta get this in while I'm still here. It's like, hey, why haven't you done anything since hey, I left? I, I haven't seen anything since your uh, since the La La Land episode and I, I kinda remember the guest on that one, so Yeah. <laughs> Liz Gillespie, the biomedical engineering major from UC Davis, uh, BHS class of twenty twenty one. Uh, former B News sports reporter here at Burlington Cable Access TV. And uh, just like a lifelong buddy. Yeah. Yeah. And we're talking The Amazing Spider-Man today, which was released 10 years ago. Oh my God, is it actually 10 years old? July 3rd, 2012. I knew it was 2012, and I was like driving to work today. I'm like, oh, it's been 10 years. Ouch. Oh my God. That yeah. didn't even register with me. Yeah. I'm going to blow your mind. You know whose birthday it is today? Whose birthday is it today? Stanley's. Wait, yeah, I, wait. I think I saw something about that, but I didn't actually register that until I read that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did oh you know God. when? I did know that, but I saw something about him, but I didn't, like, read it. I was just like, oh, some someone's honoring Stanley today. That's nice. Yeah. Good for them. Oh, yeah. I guess it is, isn't it? Yeah. So that's a crazy coincidence. I, we're doing this at the right time, then. Yeah. So well, I'm happy glad birthday, we're getting Stanley. Happy birthday, Stanley. Yeah. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, uh, July 3rd, 2012, directed by Mark Webb, starring Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, Dennis Leary, um, I can never pronounce his name, Riss Iffens. Oh, yep. Sure, yeah. Yeah, close enough. Um, <laughs> I feel silly. D do we have to say what this film's about? Give just a quick, brief synopsis for those who haven't seen this for some reason, or mm -hmm. don't know the Spider-Man origin story. <laughs> Peter Parker, your average high schooler, he's a photographer, falling in love with his classmate Gwen Stacy from a distance, is uh, goes to uh, Oscorp, accidentally gets bitten by a radioactive spider, and, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. There you go. That's all there is to it. There you go. That's Spider-Man. And, and that's it. Roll credits. That's it. Roll credits. <laughs> Although they did kind of add, like, some, like, backstory with his parents and stuff. Yeah, this one's this a little deeper. Yeah, they try to establish, um, I want to say, like, a Hydra-level backstory with Oscorp. Yeah, they do. They they really do add, like, a lot of, like, sinister layers to it as opposed to just, like, having this corporation that's people end up going to. They really add more, like, behind it as well. Yeah, and then with the second one, we see, like, they're sort of orchestrating all the, the villains and stuff. So basically... It, Oscorp was like the anti-shield for these movies. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way of putting it. Yeah, because this was 2012, and Sony was trying to catch up to M the MCU with all they had, Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're cashing in on the fame that Iron Man was starting to, to Exactly. Yeah, well, this, I mean, this was the same year we got the Avengers, and then... Oh, yeah, that, oh my God, that's also 10 years old. Yeah. <laughs> This this is just going to be me blowing my yeah. own blowing my own mind while while being here. Yeah. And then a few months or a few weeks prior, the Dark Knight Rises came out. Oh yeah, yeah. So it was a big formative year for the yeah. superhero genre. Has anyone talked about the Avengers yet? Just out of no, question? not yet. I could talk about. I'm surprised that we one. have not 
touch the MCU I, at all on this podcast. I figured that enough people would want to talk about that that I tried to diversify a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. We've been MCU adjacent. I Interesting. Think, with well, we're almost MCU adjacent with we're, this. We're, yeah, we're gonna talk about it a little bit. Yeah, we're gonna we, talk, touch on a little bit of MCU. I can't. I can't come on. here to defend Andrew Garfield without bringing up No Way Home. Yeah. So Andrew Garfield is your favorite Spider Man. He is my favorite Spider Man. He has been one of my favorite Spider Man even before Tom Holland like joined the picture because. Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up on the Tobey Maguire ones, interestingly mm-hmm. enough. I didn't watch them until, like, recently. And even then, I can't really say that I've, like, sat down and been like, I want to watch the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Like, in all honesty, I'm not the biggest fan of Tobey Maguire. Like, I don't think he's bad. I think he does a good job. But I just don't have as much of a connection to those movies. Or, like, it, they they don't resonate with me as much. And mm-hmm. I don't really, like, think about those ones as much. Yeah. And, even, and before I watched... This one, mm-hmm. the only real iterations of Spider-Man that I'd ever really, like, watched other than just kind of knowing that Spider-Man existed was, like, some Disney XD cartoons, like Spectacular Spider-Man. Love Spectacular Spider-Man. I had watched that a good amount. I wasn't, like, super into it, but I did watch it mm-hmm. when it was on, and so I enjoyed it, but um, I always liked the character of Spider-Man, but I never mm-hmm. really watched much to that really connected me to him, mm-hmm. and then these movies came out, and... If I remember correctly, and I might be getting this wrong, I'm pretty sure I watched the second one before I watched the first one, weirdly enough. I don't really know why I did that, Mm -hmm. but I remember watching the second one with my mom Mm -hmm. and then realizing that we kind of missed a step in the process of watching it. I don't even remember. We (laughs) Missed something. (laughs) Kind of missed something. So I had watched, I think, yeah, I think I watched the second one before I watched the first one. And the the second one gets a lot of slack for it. Like, a lot of people don't like that one. I yeah. loved it oh, you when did. it first came out. Good. I think part of the reason was I didn't know people didn't like it. Mm-hmm. So I just watched it and I went, this is awesome. I'm having a great time watching this. I like parts of two. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I, as a whole, I don't love it. Rewatching it, I can see more. Again, this was 10 years ago. 10 mm-hmm. years ago, I was still in single digits. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> <laughs> A little older than you. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, I'm 19 right now, so when I when this movie came out, I was 9. So I was... When did the second one come out? 2014? Yeah. So... I'm trying to do my math. How old was I in 2012? So when the second one came out, I would have been 11. Okay. I was 21, I think. Yeah, I was... 2000, 2012, I was 21. 2014, I was 23. Yeah? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> we don't need... Th- I was told there would be no math. Time anyway. is... <laughs> Time is a false construct. Yeah, exactly. Um, Age yeah. is just a number. But, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. you didn't grow up with the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. I didn't grow up with the Tobey Maguire ones. So this was like the first like cinematic inter- iteration of a Spider-Man that I had ever seen. Mm-hmm. And again, the first one that I ever watched was Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I phrase it as a, my critical thinking skills weren't like super great when it came to movies yet. So I just kind of watched stuff and I went, I like it. <laughs> That was good. <laughs> exactly. I did that a lot. I did mm-hmm. that with a lot of movies. And this one is included. But even, like, now, I went and watched Amazing Spider-Man 2 relatively recently, last year, with my roommate. Granted, I was watching it at 1 in the morning, but um, <laughs> I still do... I understand why it gets as much criticism as it does. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I still really liked it. Like, I do think that there... It, 
it's not a perfect movie by any stretch. Mm-hmm. There are certainly many flaws to it, but that doesn't take away from just the fact that I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and no. that's what this podcast's all it's, about. Yeah, it matters. It, it still matters. matters. Um, no, there are far worse comic book movies to watch than The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, what was I going to say? Because we were talking so much about Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, we'll go back to the first <laughs> yeah, one now. the first one. The first one. So, I rem- I went back and watched the first one after my mom and I realized that we'd kind of, uh, like I said, skipped a step. Skipped a step. So it was. we watched it two years after it came out, so we watched it just on our couch at home because we were like, yeah, I want to watch more of it. And the first one is certainly better than the second one. Mm-hmm. So it was um, more more fun because it was, again, critical thinking skills weren't still 100% there because I was 11. Mm-hmm. Like barely in middle school at that point. <laughs> so. Uh, what stuck out in that first viewing? The first view, I just really liked... Um, I think the thing that I liked the most about it was just Andrew Garfield's charm himself. He's a very good Spider-Man. He's a very good Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people, there's a lot of people with No Way Home that have come out and just been like, Andrew Garfield's always been my favorite Spider-Man. And it's like, no, it wasn't. No, you're all no just one, everyone, bandwagon fans. A lot of people are lying about that. Because mm-hmm. everyone, because like ever, before this, everyone's like, mm. Mm-hmm. He's not great. I've always thought he was a really good Spider-Man. Yeah. I understand the criticism towards him not being a great Peter Parker because mm-hmm. they kind of build him up as, like, a little bit more of a cooler guy. Yeah. Like, he's kind of a loner, but, like, mm-hmm. he's a photographer. But he's not, like, a nerdy dude but by any stretch. He, I, I'd say he's, like, a modern nerd in yeah, a way. That's a good yeah. way of putting it. Mm-hmm. He's not, like, the nerdy character that people expect Peter Parker to be, though. Right. He's not, like, he, he's a smart guy. He's mm. a photographer. He's kind of sticks to himself. But, like, yeah. he's a skater guy now, too. <laughs> yeah, because for years, Spider-Man was, like, uh, or Peter Parker was, like, you know, the big glasses. Yeah. The, the Millhouse glasses and the bow tie and the sweater yeah. vest. Like, that's the stereotypical nerd that he was portrayed as for years. And Tobey Maguire, he had the glasses. He didn't have the sweater vest, though. Yeah. Would have liked to have seen it, but... <laughs> Still mad about it, no. <laughs> but I, I thought he, I thought that he was uh, his Peter Parker was just actually just a really cool guy because again mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought too much about Peter Parker being too much of a nerd at that point because it was one of my first Spider Man that I really like paid attention to. Mm-hmm. But I just I was like he's such a cool guy, like I thought he was cool, and then like as Spider Man himself, he really does have the charm that yeah. Spider Man is supposed to have. Right. Like, kind of just, like, quick-witted, like, yeah. ready Cocky. to make a little quip at everybody. And yeah. just, um, I had a particular scene in mind. and I, The scene in the gym with Flash. Oh, when, the bas- with the, the bas- basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a great scene. Mm-hmm. I love that scene with all my heart. Because, like, that's really, like, the cockiness is coming out. Yeah. Like, you can see a confidence really building and then kind of, Oh, I've got powers now. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And he's just, he realizes that he can have some fun with this. He realizes he can, like, actually do something with this. It's kind of like, it's a realization for himself, but then yeah. also just kind of, like, building the character even further with that. Yeah. You know, great power comes great responsibility. Yes. And all that. Um, I, I'm going to date myself. I grew up with the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm definitely with you. Andrew Garfield is my favorite Spider-Man because I just look back on the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans, and there's definitely some good stuff in there, and I still enjoy, but 
to me, they're kind of like the Christopher Reeve Superman films where they haven't aged super well. They're a yeah. little cheesy, with the exception of two, which I find to be one still that is one of the best superhero movies. That is a good... Um, oh, I just forgot the word that I was going to use. That is a good comparison mm-hmm. to what it is, because I think that these, the Andrew Garfield ones, in comparison to both the MCU ones and the Sam Raimi trilogy, mm-hmm. is that these ones are grittier than yeah. the other ones. They're significantly more gritty, and I think that that gives Spider-Man an interesting edge to yeah. have. Where it's it's the same backstory that they all have, uh, mm-hmm. other than the additions of like adding in like the lore behind his parents as yeah. well, which I think really adds more more to it. Like, yeah. you don't really think about it in the other ones. You're just like, oh yeah, Uncle yeah, he ben just got hit by the spider, and yeah, he's just living with these people instead. And mm-hmm. um, but like having the lore behind what his par- like what happened to his parents, and then yeah. the lore behind. Like, the actual origin story of Uncle Ben. I almost just said spoilers to Uncle Ben tonight. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry, you never told me about that. Um, but um, it does add, like, more more to it. It's not just this kid. You can really tell that there's a lot of edge behind the things that he does. His mm-hmm. Like, his connection to, like, his family. And that just when you think about, like, what happened to his parents, that makes what happened to Uncle Ben even more tragic. Yeah. That really pushes it even more. Because, mm-hmm. like, in the other ones, it's just like, oh, Uncle Ben, who is my father figure, died. Yeah. But in this one, it's like, oh, he lost his parents, like, mm-hmm. notably, but then also lost another person that he sees as a family member. Yeah. And that makes, like, his drive to protect Aunt May even more, mm-hmm. like, powerful. Because you're like, it's not only, like, the, oh, she's, like, my mom figure. It's all he has left. Right. So, like, you can really see his drive throughout both of them, like, more towards her. Like, that makes more, adds more character to him in that respect. Yeah. He's got a lot more to lose. Yeah, exactly. Movie. Or it, it, there's definitely some weight to what's at stake. Whereas, you know, we're told in the Tobey Maguire movies that his parents are gone. But I don't, Uncle Ben is just kind of like a drive-by well, literally, so- sorry, <laughs> sorry, Spoilers. folks. I'm s- no, I just I disrespected Uncle Ben with. Uh. That. <laughs> I mean, you know, great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's definitely like if you look back at the Tony McGuire ones, like they're cartoony in comparison. They're very cartoony, even right down to like Tony McGuire having like the fist fight mm-hmm. in the hallway with uh, Flash Thompson played yeah. by a young Joe. Men, men, yellow. Yeah. I, sorry, Joe. <laughs> I couldn't say it either if I mm-hmm. tried. So, but yeah, yeah like they, it really does add like a different edge to it. It's not that it's more realistic. It just makes it. It's kind of like the Chris Nolan Batman versus, I almost said the Adam West version, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, I guess you could take the Adam West version versus the Christopher Nolan version. Yeah. And kind of like compare those two off of each other, mm-hmm. where it's. Um, it's grittier, it's more realistic, and it just feels like there has more at stake behind it than just kind of, oh, here's Spider-Man, he's going to go be a hero. It's Spider-Man has to go be a hero. This is what he needs to do yeah. for himself mm-hmm. as well. Now, have you heard, uh, I'm sure you've heard the, I don't know who came up with this, but it's been said by probably hundreds of people that, like, Tobey Maguire was the best Peter Parker, yep. Andrew Garfield was the best Spider-Man, Tom Holland is the best of both. Do you agree with that? Um, yes, 
I guess. I still, as, like, I'm very biased towards Andrew Garfield. I, like, really love his character a lot. That's but why I, we're here. At, but at the same... Clearly. Yeah. But at the same time, I do think that Tom Holland is a really good Spider-Man as mm-hmm. well. And I... When it comes down to it, why I think I like the Tom Holland version a lot is because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it really isn't anything against Tobey Maguire, but just, like, because I don't have the same connection to him, I don't really think of him as the best at anything, particularly, mm-hmm. again, that is no no disrespect towards Tobey Maguire, but just, I, as somebody who grew up, like, looking at Andrew Garfield as, like, what I think the ideal Spider-Man is, and then yeah. having Tom Holland come in, but have a very different Spider-Man as well, but kind of still, Tom Holland's really just adds, like, the younger edge to it, I yeah. think. That's what makes him really well done with what he does, because, like, both... Andrew and Toby were both, like, well into their 20s yeah. when they made this. Mm-hmm. But, and, uh, not Andrew, but Tom Holland was, like, he had just turned 20 yeah. when he started playing Spider-Man. He was, like, he might have still been 19 when he was in Civil War, I think. I think so. So, like, he was still basically a teenager. Yeah. Which really does dig in more to, like, Peter Parker, your 16-year-old, like, yeah. character. Mm-hmm. I think that is kind of what makes Tom Holland's really good because it still has the edge of like he feels like a kid who was thrust into this as opposed to like these other two who kind of just feel more adult mm-hmm. in a way. Where it's like both of them still feel like high schoolers because they're playing high schoolers. Yeah. But Tom Holland like has the face of a kid still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tony McGuire, I don't. <laughs> doesn't exactly have the face. Exactly. The, the boyish look. Exactly. So it, it really feels. I think all three of them really bring a different energy to what Spider-Man is. And so, like, especially since you give, you pair Tom Holland with Robert Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. The two of them work really well together and kind of is, like, um, he really does just feel like a teenager who kind of started doing something for fun and kind of has, like, the wit and charm of Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. But... He really does feel like you just thrust the responsibility onto him as well. Whereas, like, Andrew Garfield's is a little bit more of, like, already had some grit to it. So it was like, it wasn't he was thrust into the position. Mm -hmm. It kind of just felt like more of a natural step for him. And then, like, Tobey Maguire's, Mm -hmm. Tobey Maguire version of all of that. So, right. Like, it it starts out as just, it's it's very personal for him because he wants revenge. Mm-hmm. For the person who... Revenge for Uncle Ben. Yeah. But then there's a bigger, like, fish to fry towards the end of the movie. Exactly. With, like, the lizard. And then it's sort of really, okay, like, I have these gifts. I need to do something with them. Yeah, exactly. With, with great power comes... With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. With the... um, It really... I don't, I'm going to just keep saying the same thing over again. It's okay. But, like... If anything, I think having a grittier edge to Spider-Man just makes him more... It just makes it more interesting. And, then, like, when you pair him against Lizard, like, he kind of, it's, it's not realistic. That's not the right word that I want to use, because he's fighting a giant lizard. That's not realistic, but... <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> but, like, when you think about, like, the Tobey Maguire version, he's fighting... Green Goblin, just mm-hmm. kind of, like, very super villain. He's very, yeah. like, cartoon villain type. Mm-hmm. Not that Willem Dafoe does a bad job with that, because um, mm. I saw No Way Home. You can't tell me he's not a good villain. There's a reason they brought him back. There's a reason they brought him back. But, mm-hmm. like, 
Lizard feels more like, um, again, I don't want to keep using realistic because that's the grounded. Re- grounded, yeah, yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Where it feels like there's more of a realistic touch to it, I guess. Yeah. Where it doesn't just feel like it doesn't feel directly ripped from a comic book. I guess mm-hmm. it feels like. <laughs> I almost said it feels like a movie. Sorry, Harry Styles just got in my brain there. Like what? a real go to the theater movie. Um, no, I think I think I get what you're trying to say. Whereas, like the the villain is often like a dark shadow of the hero. Yeah. Where like Willem Dafoe, like obviously he gets powers from his. I almost called it Super Soldier Serum, <laughs> which it kind of was in the it comics. It kind of was, yeah. In the comics, it was. I think it was. One of my friends is gonna. Text me when they listen to this and be like, what the, did you just say? You're wrong! <laughs> but, like, the the two of them are, like, you know, Peter's learning that I have this gift and I need to use it wisely, whereas mm-hmm. Norman Osborn's like, <laughs> revenge! Yeah, exactly. Whereas, I, I'm trying to remember, and because it's been a while since I watched it, um, we impromptu decided to do this today. Yeah. Um, Connors used to work with his father yeah. in this movie, and he gets, he wants the... It's, it is, he wants his arm back. Yeah, exactly. In yeah. a way, it kind of is very similar to that, the story of both of them, like, mm-hmm. wanting to become, like, shadows of each other, where it was, um, they, they both kind of took radioactive animals in a way, and yeah. they just kind of used it very differently. There's a lot of Spider-Man villains like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but like, there's, there's, there's the vulture, there's the rhino, <laughs> I almost said there's an elephant, there's no elephant. Unfortunately. Not that's, yet. That's Amazing Spider-Man 3. <laughs> Um, but they're both but, like but, they want to help yeah, people they both have the idea they both have instead of just like revenge as like mm-hmm. their villain or their motivation mm-hmm. they both are sh- like grappling with this newfound like power that comes from the animal but again they're using it drastically differently whereas right. Spider-Man himself is like I am the one that needs to use this power again, great power comes with great responsibility. I need to use this power. I need to use it responsibly. I need to be the one to save what's going on and, like, help people because of it. Mm -hmm. While Lizard, on the other hand, is like, I found this power. I don't know why I would use this power for myself because there's other people that have struggled the way that I did. Mm -hmm. So I need to go go build an... Like, he uses it to build an army... Of lizards. Of lizards. Yeah. So instead of, like, I need to use my power responsibly, I'm Just going to turn. grow the power around me. Yeah. He wants to help people that have similar ailments to him. He wants humanity to evolve, but the route he takes is yeah. not super ideal. Not exactly. That's not what you're looking for. I mean, for. like, No Way Home made, it, made a joke of it. He wanted to turn people into lizards. Yeah. So, because he thought that would help people. He thought that that was the way to go. But, yeah, it really is just how, how, um, how, what is the best way of helping humanity? Both of them Mm -hmm. think that they're going to take the right route of that. Spider-Man thinks that he himself needs to be the one, because he realizes that the cops aren't going to do anything. Right. Unfortunately. (laughs) But, um. Zing. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, Gwen Stacy's dead. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about that in a little we'll, bit. We'll get there. We'll get mm-hmm. there. But um, yeah, he realizes that there isn't enough being done about crime that's happening, and he needs to be the one that, to step up and help that. While Connors is like, "Oh, there's there's people out there that are suffering. 
I know the way to dead. I know how to help these people. I'll turn them into lizards. Let's turn them into lizards. This is why I didn't want to use the word realistic to describe the lizard as a villain. Grounded. Grounded. And I, the connection between protagonist and antagonist is a lot more... It's more in-depth in Amazing Spider-Man yeah. than it is in original Spider-Man. It also does feel like it still is quite personal because you yeah. can, cause he has the connection with his dad and he knows right. that Oscorp really is like rooted in his family. So, And also Gwen has the connection to it. Again, we'll come back to her. But yep. um, there's all of these things that he feels his personal connection to. And then when Connors like starts to take him in like personally and like, as, like, mentor-mentee type deal, Mm -hmm. he's, like, he realizes that he needs to be the one to really, like, step up to this. Yeah. Because, again, this is so personal to him that no one else is going to feel the same connection to it that he does. Yeah. Or has the power to step up to it the way that he does. Yeah. With with great power. With great power. (laughs) That's the whole point, is learning, you know, how not to abuse your gifts and use them the right way. Exactly. And each Spider-Man uh, iteration has taken a different route with it, and we'll talk about the yeah. other ones. Well, yeah, we'll come. We'll we'll do a little segment on No Way Home. I yeah, like or we have to talk about No Way Home. That's that's yeah. We'll save that towards the end. Yeah, but that's that's an important thing mm-hmm. to touch on. There are two scenes that I love, and I want to run them by you. Okay. By you. Um, it's where he saves the kid from the car. That is a great scene. Mm-hmm. That is a fantastic scene because that is really like. That really is, like, the most Spider-Man, like, personalized scene that you could come up with. Yeah. That's the, that is the root of anyone can wear the mask. Mm-hmm. That is that... That's, like, what Spider-Verse is trying to prove as well. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. like, the... Anyone can have power. You just need to, like, know that you are strong. Yeah. And it's such a vulnerable scene as well. Mm-hmm. And it comes at a time that you don't expect it. Yeah. It's coming in the middle of this big CGI fight. That, yeah. like, cars are being thrown off the bridge and he... Mm-hmm. They take them time to pause, yeah. and then they realize that, oh, he can come off as... Because this is a point where everyone still kind of sees him as a villain as well, where it's just like, oh, right. Spider-Man vigilante. Yeah. And he comes in and is like, I'm not going to like just grab the child and go. Like, yeah. I need to do this and make sure that the kid is okay, yeah. and make sure that the kid has the power to do this as well. That's the first and time he saves someone. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the first, like, legitimate time that he saves someone. And, yeah. like, it just happens to be this kid in the car. And that is such a vulnerable, well-executed scene. And, again, that's really something that, like, mm-hmm. at least, I don't remember from Tobey Maguire too well, but you don't see it as much from, like, Tom Holland. Like, there's the scene in No Way Home where he saves um, the MIT director yeah. on the bridge. Mm-hmm. But that's not the same. Like, that one feels like he needed to prove something almost because right. it's, like, the MIT person that he's trying to, like... And he's already very well-versed. Like, everybody already knows he's Spider-Man. He's been at exactly. it for a while. But this was, like, I'm going to take off the mask. I'm going to show you that I'm a person. Yeah. Because anyone can wear it. And if you want to feel strong, too, like, you don't need to have the powers. You can feel strong, too. Yeah. Just take the mask, mm-hmm. and I can help you. And that's, like, a real... Um, it's not an I'm here to save you. It's an I'm here to help you yeah. moment mm-hmm. where it's he's being a hero, but not in like the superhero type type route. It's yeah, I'm here to help you. Well, it's like, again, we're going back to Spider-Verse, um, another podcast um, from this series. Um, the, the quote. 
that they put at the end with Stanley, like someone that just decides to help because that's the right thing to do. That is what makes them a superhero, and that's what yeah. Spider-Man's all about. Exactly. And that sort of bleeds into the next thing I want to talk about is the the cranes. You know, when he's trying to get to Oscorp. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, so all the cranes move. Yeah. We're, and it's the son. It's the father of the boy he saved. Yeah. Yeah. They've realized that, like, hey, he really is here to help yeah and even and when the person who's here to help us is struggling we can help him too yeah anyone can have the power that's not the power that spider-man has he's just there as a vessel to show that anyone can be powerful yeah in the right situation and the right when given the right resource you can be powerful or the right time the opportunity they saw their opportunity that they can yeah. help and it was sh- shown to them by a figure of power as well. Mm-hmm. And then that ends up really leading into just something even bigger. Yeah. They helped a bigger cause without even really realizing it. Mm-hmm. And all they had to do was just move their cranes. Yeah, they, exactly. It's yeah. it's so subtle. It's so powerful. I, I find it a lot more effective than the uh, the scene. And I, I keep knocking the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man trilogy, and I don't mean to. I, I keep doing it, too. Like I, have, I, mean, like, I have nothing against them. They just weren't. Was the, the genre would not be here or where it is today without these films. But exactly. I just find the cranes moving to be a lot more effective than the bunch of New Yorkers on the bridge throwing trash at Green Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> you mess exactly. with one of us, you mess with all of us. Yeah, exactly. Again, it's, mm. it goes back to the, the discussion of... It's more grounded as opposed to feeling cartoony. Yeah. Or yeah. Mm-hmm. It's um, it doesn't feel like just a story ripped from a comic book. It feels like something that like could not could happen, but again, is more grounded in reality. Where it's like you feel more of a connection to it. Where it's yeah. not just a story that's being told to you. Mm-hmm. It's like a legitimate like story that could be happening. It feels like something you could see on the news. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because like at the time, like. We, we had Batman, the Dark Knight trilogy, which just ended. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we had the Avengers, which were, you know, doing all sorts of things like World War II films and Norse mythology films. So yeah. I think other studios were like, all right, let's try to do something different. So let's try to be more grounded and realistic yeah. and stuff. And then I think Sony took the wrong lessons from the first Amazing Spider-Man and decided to overcorrect in Amazing Spider-Man 2 a little bit. And we'll talk about that yeah. later. Um, mm-hmm. Is it time to talk about... Gwen Stacy and Emma Stone. Let's go for Gwen Stacy and Emma Stone. I'm still sad. I yeah, me too. I personally I like Gwen Stacy Emma Stone more than I like MJ in either iteration. Okay, good, me too. I'm glad that we agree on mm-hmm. this. Emma Stone herself is just one of my favorite actresses. I love her to death. I love her. Clearly, as I talked about La La Land as well. Yeah. I love her to death. <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> It's the Emma Stone uh, CU. Yeah. ESCU. The ESCU. I, I love her. I think that she really does bring a good um, just charm to the movies as well. Yeah. And her and Andrew work mm-hmm. so well together. So well. They, they dated. In, exactly. Yeah. They have incredible chemistry with each mm-hmm. other. And they just really, like, have a good balance to each other as yeah. well. Where it's like, you know Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker is a smart guy, but, like, yeah. You know that she's the smart one here. Yeah. You know that she has her... She is, like, a good standalone character as well. Yeah. Like, she's smart. She's active. She, like, is take charge. She's confident. Mm -hmm. She can hold her own in situations that she needs to. And you can especially see that in um, 
Amazing Spider-Man 2. I think she's yeah. phenomenal in, in Spider-Man 2, and I think that's part of the reason why I like Spider-Man 2, because yeah. I just think that they did a really good job with Gwen Stacy, yeah. other than that scene, and you know what I'm talking about, Yeah. but I won't go there. Everything um, before that, I think she's a phenomenal character before that. Right. No, it's an equal partnership. It really is. She is not a damsel in distress. No, she, yeah. it, if anything, like, he tries to damsel in distress her, and she's like, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. I I'm going to go make yeah. the serum. I'm going to go help you. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go be the one. Like, she knows Oscorp, like, the back of her hand at that right. point. Because she also has the same connection to Connors. Or not yeah. the same one, but a very similar one where it's a mentor-mentee relationship. Yeah. She works very closely with him. She looks up to him. And so to see what he's become, it hurts her, too. Mm-hmm. And she knows that she also needs to do something about it because she's capable of doing something about it in a very in a different way than he is. But Mm -hmm. she knows that he can't do this without her. Right. And so she steps up and is like, I'm going to go do this. Yeah. So both of them have their own powers. She doesn't have superpowers, but she's like, she's a badass. She's going to go take her own charge. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's not that either MJ isn't that. Mm -hmm. Like, I think Zendaya is great as a character. But she doesn't have the same sort of like, I'm going to see. Urgent. I said agency. I don't know if that's the right word. She doesn't have the same, like, take charge attitude, yeah, I guess. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Where it's, um, Gwen is like the, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go be a hero on my own route, where it's like, I can, especially in Spider-Man 2, where it's like, she's valedictorian, she's like, mm-hmm. uh, in the first one, that she's like, der- like the number two under Connors with like the group that she's working with, she's yeah. going to Oxford, for God's sake, in the second yeah. one, like, she's not, she's a force to be reckoned with, mm-hmm. and it's not that, like, Zendaya's going to MIT, MJ yeah. is going to mm-hmm. MIT, it's not like she isn't, but like, she really, I th- here, I'll phrase it this way, MJ feels more like a love interest. Like, that's her primary thing, where, mm-hmm. M, where Gwen is, like, a secondary character who happens to be a love interest as well. Yeah. I would say Zendaya is, like, she's the comic relief yeah. for, I'd say, the first one and a half Spider-Man movies in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And then, like, she becomes the romantic interest yeah. by the end of Far From Home. And then in No Way Home, I think she starts to have a little more... Yeah, she needed time to build up to it, Yeah, where Gwen Stacy, out the gates, right. was already... Mm-hmm. Like, she was ready right yeah. off the gates, and then just happened. It was, MJ sort of falls in love with Spider-Man, mm-hmm. where, um... Which, sorry, which MJ? Not, not, I'm getting I'm confused. Still ta- I'm still talking about the MCU version. Okay. I mean, I guess like, it's kind of applicable to Tobey Maguire's one as well, but... I, I, I mean, I, they live next door to each other in the, in the Rami films, and, um... Yeah, I think she liked him, and then she also liked Spider-Man, and then... I don't know. This yeah. is this whole thing. There's too many of them. Yeah. But um, I also like the route that they took of having Gwen Stacy and not just another MJ. I think that also yeah. like, sets him apart and sets this whole... the Both of them apart from the MCU and the yeah. Raimi versions. Well, Gwen was the original love interest in the comics before, oh, yeah, before right. Mary Jane. Mary Jane didn't come around until... <laughs> <laughs> that thing that happened. <laughs> uh. Ouch. Uh, pain. Oh, so much pain. So much pain. But they also, or I'll touch on that quickly, 
I'm kind of glad that they did include that in the way they did because as much because we're not even referring to what happened, we're just talking about pain, which yeah. shows that we have a connection to that scene. We oh have a connection to that character. I just like, I knew it was coming the second like, oh, Emma Stone casts Gwen Stacy. I'm like, oh my god, no. Like, uh oh. I was like, okay, well, they're gonna do that eventually. They're gonna get to it. And two films in. Two films in. I'm like, there it is. Ow. It's there. But that just shows how much that, like, they built up Gwen to be a character that we care about. Because, yeah. like, that scene hurts. That scene hurts. That scene hurts. Well, Ever- I remember my heart racing. I do. And also, I'm just like, I, maybe just don't do it. I'm just yeah. saying, that, like, hey, maybe just so twist maybe this could, around. Maybe they could save her from this, please. <sighs> yeah. Please. No. Yeah. Well, Still hurts. I remember when I watched that for the first time, because, again, I watched that before I watched the original. My mom and I were both like, they didn't. They didn't really do that, right? They mm. didn't do that. They. Did, she's not dead, right? She's still here. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, that's she's she's still here. Uh, but like both, yeah. But it was like I was in the. I was going through the five stages of grief over this character. Oh, I was God. in denial the minute I saw it. I was like, that didn't actually happen. It didn't happen. Yeah, I uh, still haven't reached acceptance yet. But uh, no, well. <laughs> No Way Home kind of helped. That's true. No Way Home got us there a little helped. bit better. But at the same time, they, like, really built up a great character to a point where it's, like, especially, like, throughout the events of the second one where they're, like, kind of broken up for a little while. Where yeah. you're just, like, you two... Also frustrating. Which like, is frustrating, just yeah. be together. Because it's, like, you two are perfect together. Yeah. They're so good. They have great chemistry. They're both really good, independent characters, and then you put them together. It's not, like... You just have a love interest for the yeah. sake of having a love interest. You have an actual, like, character who is motivated but also acts as a motivation. Yeah. A m- motivated motive. <laughs> motivated motive. And she does that really well. And also, there's a scene in in the first one where it's just her talking to her dad. The scene where um, Peter is having dinner with her family yeah. is such a very, like, simple scene. Mm-hmm. And there's moments of it that are a little cringy. Yeah, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's I think what anyone would feel in that scenario where you're having dinner with your yeah. significant other's family for the first time. Yeah, they they really kept and then like the scene on the balcony where they're both kind of like, "What are we doing here? What's going on?" And then he like grabs her and then like pulls her, grabs in. her with the the web. Yep, too. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just like I was like, "Oh, why can't that be me? That's awesome." Mm-hmm. Like, that's such a, like, again, it's very simple, and it's Mm -hmm. very, but at the same time, it's very grounded in reality, where you can both tell there was, like, there's, like, a good romantic tension here. Yeah, that is, I think, that is the best part of this duology, is uh, Peter and Gwen's relationship. It really is. They did a fantastic job with that. I think Mm -hmm. they do have a good job of, like, Peter as Spider-Man as well, but I think that that it really is outshone by how well those two characters are are together. Mm -hmm. Um. As much as it pains me to say this, I think Gwen's death needed to happen. I, I agree with that. Yeah, because, I, I mean, he kind of sets himself up for a heartbreak when he, like, what does he say? Like, don't make promises you can't keep. Like, yep. Yeah, but those are the best kind. Yeah. And I was uh, like, oh. Again, a little, little bit of a cringy ending. But yeah. Like, but I was like, you know, the dad told you not to do it. Yeah, it's like you're asking for it at this point. Come on. But it, it's a lesson, I think, a Spider-Man needed to learn because yeah. how many times have I said this? How many times have we said it? 
With, with great you, power. What are you, you going to say? With what great are, power comes great responsibility. Yeah. And it's all about, you know, Spider-Man's whole thing is like he has to keep his identity secret because he wants to protect his family and the people that are closest to him. Exactly. It's something that every Spider-Man in film has learned one way or another, be it one film or two films or three films. Which yeah. We'll get to that in yep. a minute. Um, but yeah, it, I know they wanted to do a third one, and mm-hmm. I've read about the plans for the third one, and I'm like, okay, good, never mind. <laughs> and all the planned spinoffs and stuff, but I think they wrapped two up in a nice way, where it was like, okay, these work kind of nicely together as a bookend. I think so. And I, the, yeah. That, that I love that final scene with the kid in the Spider-Man costume. Yep. And then mm. Spider-Man shows up, and yeah. Yep. Love that. It's really good. I think, and also... I. I know we kind of talked about it a little bit, but I think that um, Andrew himself as Spider-Man is really good as well. I think that, like, they kind of do a really good job of kind of making him, like... Fl- I think that Amazing Spider-Man has some of the best just, like, web-slinging scenes. Yeah. Like, just mm-hmm. the these scenes of him just traveling around New York, just, mm-hmm. like, going, kind of making quips as he goes. Like, mm-hmm. you really only see, like, that sort of charm from him. Yeah. And just... It, even... Um, one of my favorite scenes, and this comes from um, two actually, is when he's like uh, trying to move away from Electro, and they're like kind of going around like the little like power yeah, yeah, grid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is an awesome scene, just like that visually. Cool. That's a very well done scene visually. Yeah. And again, you don't really see anything like that from the other two. I yeah. don't think. Yeah, I didn't love Electro in Amazing Spider-Man. 2. I can't say he's my favorite either. No, but I think that it came with some very good visual scenes. Yeah. No, the the, uh, the Times Square battle is very cool. Oh, that's a very... I like that scene a lot, actually. Way to take advantage of, like, all the lighting and stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, visually, I think they do a really good job with these two movies as well, mm-hmm. where it's... They, like I said, they do a really good job of just, like, having him go for fun around, like, yeah. uh, New York, and then just other different battles where it's, like... They do a really good job of lighting in this one, where it's, yeah. like, a lot of, like, flashing lights, but in the right way. Mm-hmm. It's not just, like, oh, they're just going strobe because they can. It's, <laughs> they do it in, like, a well-done way. Yeah. Also, Amazing Spider-Man 2, best Spider-Man suit for film. Oh, I think, easily. Ever. Yeah. Easily. Mm-hmm. I th- yeah, it looks really good. That's that's my favorite version. I like the first one from Amazing Spider-Man 1. Mm-hmm. I know, like, some people are like, oh, the eyes are weird and stuff, but I'm like... It's his first costume. Yeah. It's not going to be perfect. He's trying. He's not going to make a perfect one right off the bat like... No, exactly. Toby McGuire did. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know if you ever watched Daredevil. I didn't, actually. Yeah. Well, Daredevil just had, like, black sweat sweatshirt and uh, sweatpants for, that like, I have 12 seen. episodes, so... Oh, no. he did that for 12 episodes? Yeah, he didn't get the red suit till the last episode of the first season. Ah. Yeah. So, you know, not every yeah. not every hero can create a perfect suit right There's off the bat. There's a growing process. There's a growing process. I think they do a good job of showing his growing process throughout the first one as well. Yeah. They absolutely. really do show him, like, growing into the character and into the hero as well. Like, yeah. having his, like, little moments where you can tell that it's, like, growing and then, like, yeah. kind of having, like, a pinnacle of, like, he's really ready for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that they don't have that in the others, but, like, I think that they do have a good job of, like, okay, he's Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's grappling with the fact that he's got powers. Okay, he's grappling with the fact that there's the responsibility of these other characters that he likes. Okay. What was that word you said? It was the R word? What was it? What, what was it? R? Respo- responsibility? 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 Is that, is yeah. It? I, think I, I think that was it. That was I think that's the word. Yeah. Yeah. Where you can tell he's grappling with, like, responsibility. He's grappling with 
okay, he's now saved a kid. He's now starting this, like, this kind of vigilante type thing. Okay, he's grappling with how people view him. He's grappling with what he needs to do as himself. It's a very, uh, like, almost a slow burn of getting to, like, actual, like, Spider-Man. Yeah. And I'm really glad, in a way, I'm kind of glad they didn't do that with the Tom Holland ones. But I think it works really well for the Andrew Garfield ones. Yeah, they took a much more, you want to talk slow burn, I think the MCU Spider-Man was much of a slow burn for an origin story. Was or wasn't? Was. Oh, yeah, once you introduced him, yes, because yeah. at the same because t- I think not having an origin story really helped yeah. him as well, just kind of, all right, you have somebody who has powers, and yeah. then, like, actually really growing him into a hero. Yeah. They did a really good job with that. I mm-hmm. think, yeah, they took, Andrew Garfield had to do it with the origin story, so they, they grew it really well that way, but yeah. then, like, having, like, over a period of multiple movies, then they really did a good job with that with the Tom Holland ones. Yeah, by the end of No Way Home, like, he really is, he, he is Spider-Man. He's Spider-Man by that Man point. Yeah. yeah. Is it time to talk about No Way Home? I think so, because we've been kind of dancing around it, but Okay. now's the time to get into this. The movie that featured the probably the worst-kept secret in Hollywood history. The worst-kept and best-kept at the same time. Andrew over here fighting for his life. Fighting for his life. <laughs> And now, no one will ever trust a word an actor says again. Nope, never again. <laughs> Charlie Cox, like, I- I'm not in Daredevil 3, or no, uh, Deadpool 3. I'm like, I don't believe you. You sure about that? No. You sure, you sure about that, buddy? Um, what was your uh, audience reaction in the theater? Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Oh, it was wonderful. I, I remember when Andrew came in, everyone just, <gasps> But yeah. it was it wasn't like shock or anything. It was like yes, finally. But it was yeah. kind of had like the very excited gasps because I even like I don't think my dad has ever seen either of the Amazing Spider Man's, or if he has, he doesn't care about them nearly as much as I do. And I know my mom has seen them because I have watched them with her. Mm-hmm. So all three of us have very different connections to this movie. Yeah, and I think all three of us. <gasps> yeah, when he came on screen, it was like ooh. Mm-hmm. Now it's getting saucy. Now we're getting somewhere. It's getting fun now. Not that it wasn't before, but uh, that was, like, when it got really fun. And then when to- I remember my mom, when Toby showed up, just started laughing. Because well, he showed up dressed as a youth pastor. He showed up just dressed as a youth pastor, and he's kind of like, hi, what's up? <laughs> and my mom just started laughing. And I was like, "There." I remember when he showed up, I was like, yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. I was like, well, now like we're getting somewhere. They open the portal, and you, you see the eyes of the costume. Like, yep. That's not like, Tom Holland. I was like, hmm, who, who's that over there? Yeah. And the um, mask comes off, the whole audience cheers. Yeah. Oh, my God. That great. that scene of him coming in is, again, a very good comic relief scene, but it's also just a great scene in general. Oh, yeah. That is a well-done scene. I love Andrew Garfield and Zendaya playing off each other. I have the tingle thing. It's just not for bread. <laughs> is this enough? No. Crawl on the ceiling. This is plenty. No, crawl on the ceiling. Put down the bread. <laughs> Can you get that cobweb for my aunt, please? <sighs> <sighs> There's a cozy enough ones. Crawl, crawl around a little bit. <laughs> I just love that that happened after the most gut-wrenching scene in the yeah, whole exactly. movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're really hit with, like, a, oh, uh-oh, this yeah. is real. Like, this is, like, there's some stakes here now. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, Oh we're, oh, we're happy again. Oh, okay. Now we're feeling good. No, no. We're happy again. And then immediately we're not happy again. Yeah, exactly. Because we have to relive trauma from past movies. <laughs> I, the scene 
of them on the building on the top of the school mm-hmm. when they both come down. Yeah, is such a heart wrenching scene. I love that shot where you just see the silhouettes on the moonlight. Yep. Yeah. When both of them just kind of hop down, mm-hmm. and I think there really is a power in the choice of having Andrew still be like Spider-Man mm-hmm. and having Tobey Maguire come down as Peter Parker. Having yeah. the duality of both what he what Tom Holland needed to see right there. It's like you have like you still need to like determine yourself as Peter Parker, but you really need to determine yourself as Spider-Man as well. Yeah. And so you have somebody who's like here to like show you your way as Spider-Man, but also somebody that's here to like show you your way as Peter Parker. Yeah. Again, that that's kind of the whole thing. Like, oh, um, Andrew Garfield, perfect Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire is perfect Peter Parker. And yeah, and wh- both what are they dressed as? Yeah, exactly. They're here as as what they as what they are. They're here to represent themselves and their characters, like where their characters should end up being. Yeah. And I think that I'm really glad that they did do No Way Home the way that they did, where it yeah. was explaining what their lives have been like up until the point that they needed to go see Peter. Right. Because having Toby be like, okay, I'm happy. I have MJ. I'm living my life this way. Mm -hmm. And Andrew, again, very good, like, rested in the the different vibes of what their respective series are like. Yeah. Where it's like, Toby has kind of the more happy ending, more, like, comic version of, like, where Mm -hmm. you're looking for something ideal, where Andrew is, again, just kind of... He's gritty. He's, like, kind of living, like, he's stuck in this right rut of being Spider-Man because he needs to go be the hero, especially now that he's experienced this much loss as he has. That whole, that whole, I'll call it a monologue that he does, just, like, I, it broke me. Oh, my God. And, like, you cut to him after, um, I'm going to call him Toby because, I don't know if I keep saying calling yeah, everyone exactly. Peter, we're going to get confused. Peter 1, Peter 2, Peter 3. Toby's talking about how his Uncle Ben was killed. And then we cut to the shot of Andrew. His eyes are already watering. Yep. And he says, I lost. And then he gets choked up. I'm like, here we go again. It's like, uh-oh. Here we oh, go again. No. I, for some reason, just the quote, she was my MJ. Yeah. It's just, it's very simple, but it's so powerful in its own right. Yeah. She was my MJ. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, yeah, it's like, see, I understand you. I have my own pain, but that pain is also coming with loss from this character as well. Yeah, I love the how he ends. He's like, I got bitter, I got rageful, and I just, I don't want you to end up like me. Like that. Yeah, was, I was like, that really hits. Yeah, like there's really as not that there isn't an emotional connection behind Toby's character, mm-hmm. but if you want like the emotional drive behind this movie other than Tom Holland who's clearly going through some things in this one. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But um like you want like somebody who's going to drive home like some more some added emotion that you 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 knew was coming but you weren't really ready for no matter how much you lied to yourself. Yeah. That's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. He he came in with the sucker punch on that one. I I'm remembering what uh Again, we're connecting all the Spider-Man films. What Spider-Ham says to Miles. Yep. And it's like the hardest part of this job is you can't save everyone. Yep. And that is something that all three of them have learned separately. Mm-hmm. 
through one way or the other. I've seen a lot of people saying that if they ever wanted to make, like, um, Into the Spider-Verse live action, Peter B. Parker is Andrew Garfield's. I heard they wanted to do that, that Toby was not available. Mm. Which Mm -hmm. is fine. I mean, they can still show up. We got two more Spider-Verse films coming. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I, I, uh, what's his name? I love Jake Johnson as Peter B. Parker, though. Oh, my God. I, he's so good. He's so good. He's incredible. But he is the Spider-Man I identify with most. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, uh, the aging Spider-Man that's been broken by life. <laughs> but at the same time, you can really connect that, you can connect the Jake Johnson version mm-hmm. to the Andrew Garfield version, where both of them are, like, grappling with their own individual losses, how they weren't prepared for really what tasks they needed to take on and how it has affected them emotionally yeah and how just kind of they don't want to take on the role of being an emotional mentor Mm -hmm. but they know that they need to yeah it's what it's they all sort of touch on what spider-man is which is this young man who is struggling with balancing you know his personal life Mm -hmm. with his professional life and he has these gifts and through hard life lessons he learns that <laughs> Getting emotional over there? No, because I know what I have to say, and I've said it like 15 times. Hmm, I don't know where you're going to go with this one. You know what I'm going to say. I'll say, I'll hear, I'll say it this way. I, in No Way Home, I really love that um, that quote that that we may or may not have said yeah. a couple times was said by Aunt May. Yeah, because she, she became, for better or worse, the Uncle Ben to the Tom Holland Spider-Man. Exactly. Because we really don't know what Uncle Ben's story is in the MCU. Exactly. I think that was a very interesting choice of them to just have him already be gone and then yeah. just not have him at be the o- emotional drive. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was a very interesting choice. They, I mean, they hinted at, at it in Civil War when he says, like, when you have the gifts that I can't, or I, I don't even know. Oh, come on, Chris, you can do this. When you can do the things that I can and then you don't and then the bad things happen, they happen because of you, mm-hmm. which is another way to say. Hmm. Yeah, I thought that was alluding to what happened with Uncle Ben. Yeah. I, and I think that's what a lot of people thought. And then Far From Home, we see, like, his initials on the suitcase. and Yeah. So he is still, like, a part of the Tom Holland Spider-Man, but he just has a different connection to it. And then putting the emotional value onto Aunt May mm-hmm. really adds something to it as well. Oh, yeah, quick quick thing. I like uh, Sally Field as, as Aunt May. I, just, I think she's great. She's great. She didn't like the movie, but I thought she did a great job. She she was good in that. Yeah. I thought she was good. I like in the second one where you can see that she's trying to find her own power as well. Like getting out yeah. of the house knowing like she needs to go pick her own life up after yeah. not having Uncle Ben anymore. What was it she was doing exactly? She was a, she was a nurse. Yeah, she was a nurse. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I was like, she was doing stuff at a homeless shelter. But no, I'm thinking of that's, uh, uh, I'm thinking of uh, Marissa, Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking of Marissa Tomei. Yeah. Um, they may just getting progressively younger as the <laughs> films go on. Exactly. But I really liked the idea that they also gave her her own, like, motives and storyline as well. Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah, she, she's got her own power as well mm-hmm. that she's finding on top of while, while Peter's over here trying to figure out his own life, she's moving on as well and finding her own power, yeah. even through her loss. Mm-hmm. Another canceled spinoff from Sony was going to be an Aunt May film. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I think it was going to be a prequel, though. Uh, okay. I, I, I kid you not. I think it was going to be like her younger days as a spy. 
I, I oh, wish I, love, I was kidding. But I love the lore behind these. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man really have an interesting lore choices. You know what? Though, wait, have you seen? I've seen this multiple times, and I'm not sure how they would ever put this into the movie. Have you seen the? I've seen this on Instagram a bunch. Like the really emotional scene of Andrew Garfield like confronting his dad. Yeah. Have you seen that scene? Yeah, that was cut from. Yeah, yeah that was mm-hmm. cut. Mm-hmm. I love that scene, but I have no idea how they would try to implement that into the movie whatsoever. I don't. I don't know how I how you even go forward with uh, Peter Parker's father being alive. Yeah. I feel like that sort of takes something away from it. I think the scene itself, like the what watching that scene, how it's done, like kind of gives props to Andrew as an actor. Oh like, yeah. He does a great job with that scene, but just it just feels so shoehorned in that I'm really glad that they didn't. Include yeah, it. I mean. So much happens in Amazing Spider-Man Two. It's just like, all right, yeah. just take one thing away. They kind of threw a, they kind of just took a wad of gum and just kind of chucked it at the wall for Amazing Spider-Man Two, and then just was like yeah. a little surprised that all of it stuck. <laughs> Maybe not all of it stuck. It was all I mean, there. Do you, do you remember Felicia or do you remember Felicity Jones was in the movie? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. They were just like, here you go, you're yeah. here too. She's gonna be Black Cat at some point. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe we'll see. Find out in Amazing Spider-Man 3. Oh, wait. Oops. Um, yeah, if North Korea didn't hack Sony. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. Uh, that's right. That's real. Yeah, that's a whole, real thing uh, that happened. The whole Seth Rogen, the interview movie, North Korea wasn't too happy about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, a, what, a, what a time to be alive that was. Oh, my God. The, 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 I, I just remember people being like afraid to go to the movie theaters to see the interview because they didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't blame them. Uh, yeah. And you know what? I finally watched it on Netflix a year later, and I'm like, that was not worth almost starting a war for. Well, I've seen clips from it, and I was like, I've never seen the whole thing. I've only seen clips from it, and I'm like, this is what, this is what? Yeah, yeah. Mm? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Good Good to see that they're doing well over there. Yeah. Anyway, back to Spider-Man. Yeah, back to Spider-Man. <laughs> back to Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, off of North Korea, back to Spider-Man. What a world we live in. What a what a world we live in. Um yeah, that was my little side tangent. I to go to um the credits of why I I I like um what was I going to say? To the credit of Amazing Spider-Man 2, I like that they tried to do a lot with it, but it was not poor, not well executed, but I like mm-hmm. the idea of having him fight multiple villains in one movie. Yeah. I, again, that kind of could have been like a sinister six, sinister six type deal, and I'm glad that they like tried to do it. Well, that's what they were trying to build up. Yeah, to. exactly. Yeah. And I'm glad that they tried to get there. Mm-hmm. I, as much as it wasn't greatly executed, I like the idea of having him attempt to fight multiple demons of himself yeah. all at once, mm-hmm. because it kind of like shows the like again. He's trying to grow his own power at that point and trying to have him, like, deal with multiple things at once. Like, Dane DeHaan did not do great as Green Goblin. What was that? Well, we're going to move past that. Not great. Not even like, hey, remember me, your old friend Harry Osborn that I That never... you have zero chemistry with? Yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah, my old best friend Harry that I didn't talk about at all in the last yeah, film. That's just never shown up before. Yeah. Whose father is dying that you've never seen Played before. by Chris Cooper. <laughs> that's right. With the most randomness of uh, diseases that are just made up from, like, I don't yeah. know. 
It's it's it's, ve- it's very strangely done, mm-hmm. but I'm glad they tried to do it at least because I yeah. think that like having because again, again, it, again, not well executed. No, I will I will not say that, or I will say that. But I'm glad that they tried to make it someone personal to him become a villain as well. Yeah, because like while um, Lizard was personal to him from outside. Co- from Outer Connections, where it was like, yeah, he's somebody who his dad knew. Oh, it's somebody that Gwen looks up to. Somebody that I can have a connection with. It wasn't somebody that was, like, rooted to him very mm-hmm. much. Um, Electro, just some guy on the street. <laughs> <laughs> some stalker fanboy. <laughs> some guy who's just a little too excited. I mean, that was a personal connection, but it was one-sided. Yeah, it was a personal connection the other way. Yeah. I'm like, glad that they attempted. They, I'm glad that they tried it from both angles, though. Somebody yeah. who he has a personal connection to, and somebody who has a personal connection to him. Yeah, I'm glad that that they tried to do that, and mm-hmm. I think if they had done a little bit more with both of those, it could have been done really well. Yeah. So I like what they tried to do. Mm-hmm. What they did wasn't great, but what I, but I like conceptually yeah. what they tried to do. I think I'm just I'm going down the list of all the Spider-Man villains in my head. I think most of them have had. A, a personal connection with Peter Parker prior to being becoming the villain, maybe, with yeah, the exception of the Vulture, Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. That personal connection comes later. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then yeah. it's just like, oh, what what a doozy that was. Oh boy, I remember watching that in theaters, going, huh? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> uh oh. It's like yeah. the the Simpsons Ralph Wiggum meme. <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I'm in danger. I'm in danger. Ah. Uh. What was I going to say? I, I forgot about the two things that I really love from Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2 is the final messages from those that have passed. You know, like Uncle Ben's voicemail. Oh, yeah. That's I right. love that. That is perfect to me. Yeah. yeah. I totally forgot about that. But now that yeah. you bring that up, yeah, that was like, again, just another like added little personal level that just yeah. makes it just even more... Brings the story a little yeah. bit more connected. It's inspiring, too. It is. Like, I, I feel good when I hear it. Um, when I'm going through a tough time and stuff. And then uh, Gwen's, like, graduation speech. I love Gwen's graduation speech mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. I've watched that scene multiple times. I think I've gone out and just, like, looked that scene up on YouTube by mm-hmm. itself as well. Because, again, I adore Gwen Stacy as a character so much. And then having that scene, like... Right at the beginning of the movie as well. Sort of foreshadow, like, the rest of the movie, but also sort of, like, empower you while you go through it. Yeah. Even, like, and then the, um, in the first one, he doesn't listen to the voicemail all the way through until the very end. Mm. When, like, he really needs it. Yeah, when he needs to hear it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what I think this version of Spider-Man does more than the other two, which is, like, Life is hard, but you have the power to get through it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That really is like again, it's grounded in reality. Yeah, as opposed to just being, as opposed to being a comic book character brought to life, mm-hmm. this is like a comic book character brought to. I keep hitting the mic. I'm so sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I'm talking with my hands a lot. It's all right. That's been brought to life. Like yeah. it has like some substance behind it. Like it's, for it's, real. They made him human. Yes. More human. Yeah. Well, I mean, he already was human, but it's a more human story. One thing that I have... What was I thinking about this in relation to? I don't... This is a depiction or a 
how I can vocalize something, and I don't remember why I've been thinking about this, but the idea of bringing to life a character or bringing to life a person when you create a story. If you create a character, you create someone who's kind of has a trait assigned to them, and then you play out that trait for the rest of it, where it's like, Uh um, you're creating a hero. So they've become a hero, where it's like, if you create a person, you've created... um, uh, traits behind them, a motive, an end goal, kind of what you want to see from... I really wish I remembered why I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this in the shower earlier this week. But I was thinking about it in relation to someone, and I don't remember what I was thinking about it in relation to. It wasn't this, but the idea of... in How I, like, how I think about it is, in terms of creating a character, in, you've created a nerd who became a hero. Yeah, That's what you could have created. But with this one, you've created a person. You created somebody who has... Like, a, like some substance behind them before you even get to the hero, and then you get to them being a hero. You add some more substance to them. Like you create, and then you add more to each character, each character trait to them as they go. Yeah, it's um, not just you created a character with a trait, and then they're gonna have that trait with them. Maybe you mm-hmm. have a little bit of change, but that's a character. Yeah, you've created a person who has morals, who has opinions, who has. Um, not just, like, a trait or two assigned to them. you created, like, you've created a person. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's making a character more uh, three-dimensional. Exactly. And accessible to your viewers and your audiences. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Um, wow, we've, uh, we've passed the one-hour mark. Oh, my God. I didn't think I was going to be able to do it. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? For, no, for just create for just deciding to do this today, I didn't come like super prepared, and I was like, I figured I was just gonna come and be like, I think Andrew Garfield did a good job with Spider Man, and, and I agree, awesome. We didn't even talk about how he saved MJ in No Way Home. Oh, oh my! I was yeah, exactly. I kind of side tangent it by talking about Aunt May, but um, I was in North Korea. <laughs> North Korea. That is easily my favorite scene in No Way Home. That was cathartic. That. I almost cried right then and there, just like full face sobbing when that happened, and that I was it was simultaneously happy tears and sad tears and trauma and, and just that was therapy and trauma happening at the exact same time. I think I might have scared the the mother that was sitting next to me because <laughs> <laughs> like she was just there to take her kid. Yeah, exactly. But I was just like, yes. <laughs> when um when she falls, I was like. Oh, I know what's gonna happen. We're getting the the spider, mm-hmm. the Spider Man thing, and then they take Tom Holland out of it, and I froze, and I was like, "Oh no!" I'm like gripping the seats around me. I'm like, "Oh no!" And then Andrew goes for it, and I was like, "I was like, come on, come on, man, you can do it, you can do it." And he gets her, and they land, and I'm like sweating. I was like, "Oh my god!" And then he's like. Are you okay? Like, are you okay? Yeah, and then like she's like, "Yeah, I'm good." And then you see him tear up. Uh, he was like, "Are you okay?" And he's like, "Nope, I'm not." I was like, "I can tell you for one thing, I certainly am not." I was uh, stressed watching that, but I was like, at the same time, it happened, and I was like, "He did it. He did it. He did it." He's. Uh. He's ah, there's too many emotions that one. I can't even like phrase like why that scene's so good. It just is. <sighs> it just is is so good. I'm so glad they had it. Ah, uh-huh. oh, it's growth. It's learning. Yeah, it's what Spider Man's all about. It's closure it's to closure. that scene to what could have been. 
it's it's therapy for him. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's learned too from like because I don't know if you remember like he just went for the web. Yep, exactly. I was and thinking this time about he that. just went. He dove right for her. Yep, dove right for her, grabbed her as yeah. opposed to trying to save her that way. Yeah. He he learned from his mistakes. And yeah. It's not that he moved on, but he found closure knowing that. Tom Spider Man didn't have to go through. He didn't want him to end up like him. He didn't have. He yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I would watch an Amazing Spider Man three. <laughs> I would absolutely watch an Amazing. I have been saying for years that an Amazing Spider Man three should happen, especially since I want Kevin Feige to have his like hawk eye. Wow, Chris. Wow. Mm. I <laughs> I want Kevin Feige to be watching the production like a hawk. Oh, plan. absolutely, hundred percent. I don't want any interference like last. To last film. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Keep it clean. Keep it together. Yeah. But I just, yes, I think there should, I sh- you've got a trilogy for, for Toby. I almost just said Tommy and I'm like, that's not his name. Tommy McGuall-Holland. <laughs> Tommy McGuall-Holland. <laughs> um, but Tom now has a trilogy. Toby got a trilogy. Yeah. I think Andrew deserves to have the same. Yeah. Especially, and I know that, again. If he wants to. If it, Oh, you know that man wants to. Does it? I don't believe a word he says uh, mm, anymore. Mm, you I know, don't trust him. Hey, with the amount that he kept up the lie, you know he wants the role. He didn't I want know, Marvel like, to come snip his little head off. <laughs> well, he could definitely be back for Secret Wars. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I think I think we'll see Toby and Andrew again. Oh, good. Yeah. I, I'm so glad about that. Listen, if we're bringing Hugh Jackman back for Wolverine. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Why not? All right. I, what, I need to know what your opinion on, on recasting Wolverine is. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't even know who you pick. I am... This is very different than Amazing Spider-Man, but I need to say this. I will be pissed if they recast Wolverine. I don't think there is anyone who could do a better job than Hugh Jackman is, especially if you add more into it. Because he's done this role for so long that no matter who you pick, no matter how good of a job they do, mm-hmm. they're, like, at this point, just don't do any more Wolverine stuff. You have you have done the Wolverine story. They've yeah. done it well, and Hugh Jackman has done it as Hugh Jackman can. At the same time, though, if you want to do X-Men in the MCU, how do you do it without Wolverine? It's true. That's true. But like, but like, I really, but I know for a fact that no matter who they pick for it, I am not going to like it. Yeah. Hey, listen, back in the day, a lot of people my age were like, you know what, Tobey Maguire, Spider Man. There's no one else that can do Spider Man. That's true. And here we are now. And here we are defending the honor of Andrew Garfield. Yeah. And my they, here we are. I was Spider-Man. like, when they said like Tom Holland, I'm like, there's no way. There's mm. no way. And you know, I like Tom Holland, but I still love Andrew Garfield better. Yeah, I so. I remember when Tom Holland got cast. I think I was like, he's not gonna be as good, but I figured that he was gonna do something different with it because mm-hmm. I figured that there was no way they were just gonna do the same thing in Marvel. Yeah, so I was like, he'll be all right with what he has. Mm-hmm. But I was like, on his own, he's not. Sorry. He's not going to be as good on his own, but I think including him in with everything that's going on in Marvel, they'll do a good job with him. There was a, there was a post I made all those years ago. It was an editorial on that film review blog that I have where I was like <laughs> kind of against Spider-Man joining the MCU at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's aged horribly, and no one please look it up. 
<laughs> Actually, I'm going to delete it the second we get <laughs> the second we're done, I'm deleting it. There you go. Well, I think I was just mad because they were recasting Andrew Garfield. Yeah. I Understandable. Like, I wanted them to just like... Um, kind of pivot him into it. Yeah, I wanted them to pivot Amazing Spider-Man into the MCU. Yeah, that makes which sense. they did. Uh, uh, in a way... Math, math years later. Yeah. In a way I did not expect. In a way that was unexpected, but I think that what they did do was the right thing to do. Yeah. Because I think... They couldn't have gotten No Way Home if they had immediately put Andrew in instead of to, uh, instead of I keep wanting to call him Tommy instead of Tom. <laughs> I don't think like if the if they had immediately gone for Andrew into the MCU, we wouldn't have gotten the masterpiece that is No Way Home. Yeah, because at the same because you already have like this overly gritty character, not overly mm-hmm. beautifully gritty character. Um, and I think that that's a very different vibe than what the rest of the MCU had at the time, that mm-hmm. it wouldn't have fit in nearly as well. Yeah. So I think it could have fit, but then also having him this many years later, and then with everything he's learned and everything he's done, and then having the ability to include Toby in it as well. So you have two Spider-Men, and then you know a third one, yeah. mentor-mentee relationship that you see within the other two, where you see the other two have their mentor-mentees. It's a very different pivot yeah. To have Spider-Man's mentor be Spider-Man. be Spider-Man. Yeah. I don't know if it would have worked as well without both of them. I No, absolutely not. Yeah. I think having, like I said earlier, having like a Peter Parker mentor mm-hmm. and a Spider-Man mentor. Having both of them kind of, and also all three of them together are so funny. I love the three of them together so much. They just have amazing chemistry. All three of them do. They're incredible. Some of my favorite scenes in No Way Home are just towards the end of the, just the three of the, the... Three of them talking. Just the three of them talking. Yeah. That's just easily some of the best stuff that came out of No Way Home. Just the, are you going to go into battle looking like a youth pastor? I love the... That's such a good line. And then just kind of the slow, like, pulling down the yeah, shirt yeah, yeah. to show that he has the suit on underneath. I, I love tom and andrew's fascination with the fact that toby doesn't have <laughs> mechanical web shooters it just comes out of his body yep and it just becomes this whole weird thing it's like so you have your own web fluid in your body <laughs> and, and he's like i don't, I don't want to talk about this no one of my favorite lines is um just andrew being like no you guys are so cool like you got like you're part of the avengers and and you fought like these really cool villains and like no, you are amazing. Yeah. you That is my favorite line in No Way Home. It was a redemption tour for The Amazing Spider-Man. It really was. Like, yeah. the, this, these movies needed it. Yeah. And I'm really glad that they got it. Just, so you good. are amazing. Just totally. Literally, like, you are the amazing Spider-Man. It's like, yeah, he is. I remember just in my chair just going, yeah, he is. <laughs> I love... <laughs> I don't want to brag, but I was in the Avengers. And then you hear Toby, <laughs> you hear Toby McGo, the Avengers? That's great. And for a hot second, I'm like, they exist in the Raimi trilogy? <laughs> and I was like, wait, what does that mean? Can we have like a not, can we have an early 2000s Avengers film with like Tom Cruise as Iron Man? And then just, he was like, what is that? <laughs> I'm like, oh. Damn it. Never have my hopes gone so far and then shot down so quickly. Oh, I love that. That's so, I love you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Peter 3 <laughs> uh, just shows how clueless he can be without his Gwen Stacy oh, 
three together so much. Oh, they are wonderful together. I, I, it's not even like a funny line, but I just love how he just like runs over to like pick Tom up. He's like, what the hell is going on out there? I keep yelling at you. And he's like picking Tom up and Tom is like so much pain. It's so good. Uh, so good. Just put the three of them. Put, uh, they don't even have to play Spider-Man. Just put the three of them together in a film. But, oh my God, yes. Do like a Three Stooges, oh brother, where art thou type film. Oh, please. Yes, please. Be fine. Oh, I love these three together so much. I, I also love all of the press stuff of like Toby basically just like looking like the dad of the group. <laughs> where it's like. He is. Exactly. Where Tom and I, Andrew are just, ah, they're feeling so good. They're so excited. And then just Toby's like, uh huh. Toby's like, yeah, I, I, I've been doing this for a long time. It's been, it's been a few years since I did this. The the I the I, the my back scene. Oh, I from, love that. It's become true. It's like, <laughs> want me to crack your back? <laughs> that scene is so good. Uh, oh yeah, that was good. <laughs> you want me to crack it? Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I love how in both Spider-Man episodes of this podcast, it just goes from talking about one Spider-Man film to all the Spider-Man films. Well, yeah, if you're going to talk Spider-Man, you've yeah. got so many. I'm glad. Well, Sp- we've gotten, yeah, we've talked, we've talked Toby, we've talked Andrew, we've mm-hmm. talked Tom, we've brought Spider-Verse into this. Yeah. They are, even without intentionally, they're all connected to each other. Yeah. And no, it's true. And they all have the same message. Some say it better than others. What's that message? Can you can you kind of can you no. vocalize it for me? No. <laughs> With great responsibility comes great power. I could say it. No, I could say it the the way uh, Martin Sheen's Uncle Ben says it, which is like a coded way. If you have the uh, no, I can't even remember it. Not choice, responsibility. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. We've been through a lot tonight. We have. Yeah. What, what a conversation it's been. What a great and this is a great conversation. It is. Yeah. Now now what we're gonna what's the next Spider Man film we're gonna talk about? Um What's there's one, um oh I don't even know what it's called. There's a movie starring Drake Bell who he basically becomes <laughs> what like, are you talking about? Spider Man, but it's like a total parody of every Spider Man movie. What is this? I don't know what it's called. Hold on, let me see if I can find it. But it's like um a total like parody of Spider-Man movies starring Drake Bell. Is this real? Yeah, it's like from some time. Is this a funnier die sketch? Uh possibly, I don't know. Okay. Oh. Uh, I think it's called just called Superhero Movie. Oh, I know what she's talking about. <laughs> After here's here's the Google uh is from two thousand eight. Here's the oh, Google it's description. The, oh, it's like scary movie, date movie, like yeah. those spoo- yeah, okay. I've seen yeah. like clips of this a lot. After a bite from a genetically altered insect gives him superhuman abilities, teenage loser Rick Riker, played by Drake Bell, decides to use his powers for good. Donning an uncomfortably tight costume, Rick becomes a mysterious crime fighter known as the Dragonfly. But standing in the way of truth, justice, and the American way is an evil villain known as the Hourglass, who plans to become immortal by sucking the life force out of anyone who gets in his way. Yeah, and it's starring Drake Bell, and Kevin Hart is also in it. You know what? That's a movie that doesn't matter. (laughs) It has a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, there you go. There you go. 
I will tell you, though, you should watch the Spectacular Spider-Man series. I've heard it's very good. It is very I've good. I've watched some of it, but I have I never got, like, deep into it. Two seasons, 13, 16 episodes apiece. Um, my favorite Spider-Man. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Isn't he also voiced by Drake Bell, though, in that show? No. Drake Bell voices him in um, Ultimate Spider-Man. Ah, that one. I knew there was a Drake Bell iteration of him. And he voices him in uh, the Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes cartoon. Yes. Another right. very good cartoon that was cut down in its prime. Ah. Yeah. Okay. I think we've All right. we've reached the end. I think I think we can wrap it of up of our here. spider journey, of our spider journey across the across the spider verse <laughs> into into the Garfield verse. <laughs> we gonna talk about Garfield movies now? Oh God, please no! I'm not doing that. I'm not gonna touch that one with a 39 and a half foot pole. No, thank you. Thir- Whoa, 39 and a half foot pole. I understood that reference. Whoa, it's not like it's Christmas time or anything. Uh. <laughs> And that's all, folks. And there you go. But um, wrap it up. Nice little bow on the end. And we've said it enough times, and it sounds and it's incredibly cliche at this point. I'm really gonna say it again. But we all know what it is. With great power comes great responsibility, and you really like. I think the Andrew Garfield ones do a great job of digging that in because of how much responsibility they really show with it. Well, like if you take the Tom Holland ones they kind of give it to him towards the end of his story, where it's like you really see him grappling with responsibility mm-hmm. in the third one. Yeah. That's where the most of the responsibility comes in. But with Andrew Garfield, you see it right out the gates, yeah. and you see him grow his power, and you see him like connect with the world around him more as opposed to just kind of, okay, he's doing this now. Yeah. It's you see kind of what it's like to struggle with your power, what it's like to struggle with your responsibility and kind of coming into it on your own Mm -hmm. and kind of you have the help around you. You just need to see it. And once you've connected to it, it all comes back to you. Your help, the ones you help can help you as well. And you can connect those around you. Those can connect to you, whether you're a superhero, whether you're a person on the street, no matter who you are, you have some power and you have some responsibility. Do with it what you will. <laughs> Do with it what you will. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Thank you, Liz, as always, for taking time to come back to BCAT. Thank you for having me back. Of get course. me back in this podcast studio. Of course. Uh, I, I promise to you and to anyone that listens that I won't wait till she comes back from school again to do another one. Hey, I'm happy to be a co-host on this at this point. I love when you come back because we always have great conversations. Um, Highlights of my break. <laughs> yeah, th- thank you. <laughs> um, I don't have the oh, the uh, the end tag. Um, but yeah, folks, if you uh, like what you hear, uh, feel free to shoot me an email at moviesthatmatterpod at gmail. Uh, movies that matter pod also on Instagram and I mean I've said this all the time uh, the Twitter is movies that matter but take the second T out of that so it sounds like you're saying movies that matter with a movies weird that matter. yeah with a weird Tommy Wiseau <laughs> accent movies that matter yeah. and remember folks the world is crazy out there uh, just take some time to uh, escape into your favorite movie or TV show. Entertainment is subjective, and that's not a bad thing. 
Happy New Year. This has been Movies That Matter. I've been your host, Chris Flaherty, with my buddy Liz Gillespie. Thank you, and good night.